Today on Sagittarian Matters, terrible pasta, my New York food diary, a really wild description of matcha, Koalinka coffee, vegan astronaut ice cream, and more. With lots and lots of unsolicited vegan food reviews featuring Don Riddle, friend to the show Morgan, Torrance, Kaya Wilson, Megan Deneen, Marissa Paternoster, and more. Stay tuned. Hello from the Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studios in Tahunka, California. Listeners, I am here to tell you some highs and lows, food-wise, from my recent trip to New York City. Yes, New York City. I haven't been for three years. I was really looking forward to it. And the things that I loved to eat before the pandemic, I still love to eat. The first thing I need to tell you, though, before we get to those beautiful, delicious foods that I love in New York City, my top two picks, I want to tell you a really exquisite low light, which is I had to go to the airport at like five o'clock in the morning. And so it was one of those days you wake up at four in the morning and you don't want to really drink a lot of coffee. You're not, your body's still asleep. So you're like, what am I doing? So I had barely any coffee, barely any anything. And I had a layover in Chicago and I was like, I'm going to get an iced matcha. More about matcha versus coffee later. So I was like, I'm going to get an iced matcha. There happens to be a coffee stand right across from my gate. Here I go. I'm psyched. So I get an iced matcha with soy milk. I'm thrilled they have soy milk. And I'm sitting there. I'm actually a little bit half dead because, again, I've been awake for like six hours with no caffeine and I'm wearing two masks. So I'm like slowly asphyxiating. And the woman who is working at the coffee place. Maybe she's in her 20s, her early 20s, maybe her late teens. And she has a coworker with her who's similar. And she's like trying to mix up this matcha and she's grumbling about it. She's like, God, I suck at this. I'm not very good at this. And then maybe 30 seconds before she hands me my drink, my like bright green drink, she's like looks at it and she's like, oh, it looks like diarrhea. And then she hands it to me. Thank you very much. So when she said it, when I heard her say it, because I was standing two feet away from her, like she could see, like our, we were face to face, we were head to head basically. Uh, I almost started crying at first because I was like, I don't want to drink diarrhea. Um, I just want this caffeine so bad and I can't believe I just paid all this money for diarrhea. And then she handed it to me and then I tried to find like a corner of the airport to unmask and just like gulp it down and I really couldn't find one without people wandering up to me because I looked harmless because I was wearing glasses. So anyway, as time went on, I had a little bit of coffee. I couldn't stop thinking about it without laughing. I couldn't stop thinking about that laughing. So now I think if this was an episode of Undercover Boss, I would give that person the keys to the company. I would give her a million dollars. I would pay a scholarship for her whole family. I don't know what what things they offer on Undercover Boss nowadays, but I would like rip off my mustache and be like, oh my God, you're a comedic genius. I don't know what would happen if I gave you a position of authority in this company, but I just got to do it because like telling someone their drink looks like diarrhea right before handing it to them can't go unrewarded. You know what I mean? Okay. So that happened. I didn't drink the whole thing. I'm sorry to say I hate wasting, but I have to tell you I wasted it. And then I got on the plane, suffocated for a few more hours. And then there I was in New York. Here's the things that I really like. Here's the things I did. Okay. Number one, I want to tell you my coffee strategy. 
my coffee strategy currently for travel like this, airborne travel, where you can't bring your own ceramic, every single thing, was to get instant coffee from Kova. You can also get it from Intelligentsia. Like, um, well, I don't know what you call it. Snooty coffee places, like fancy coffee places, are now making their own instant coffee, and it's a total lifesaver. You can also get that mushroom coffee packets that Morgan and I reviewed so long ago. It's not terrific coffee, but it just exists. Okay, so I had Kova instant coffee. It was totally perfect, and then I got to go and just like steal some Oatly from the lobby of my hotel every morning after I made my own cup of coffee. There's my pro tip for you. That's Nicole's travel innovation of the day that doesn't involve doing something like ripping up a piece of cardboard to make a spoon so you can eat ice cream, which is something I've done before with Don Riddle a long time ago outside of a Fred Meyer was maybe ripping, ripping the lid of an ice cream container in half to make a spoon out of it to eat the ice cream that was in the tub. And maybe we were eating the whole tubs. Maybe we were eating our own entire tub of so delicious or whatever kind of ice cream it was. Okay. I digress. My favorite food in New York, my favorite food in New York City is Spicy Moon Vegan Szechuan. Spicy Moon Vegan Szechuan. It's in Manhattan somewhere. I don't know where. I don't know geography, but I know that you can get it delivered to a lot of places in Manhattan, and I know that you can go there. And if you go to Confectionery, which is the offshoot of Lagusta's, which has like awesome caramels and CBD caramels, and they have macarons and vegan chocolate chunk cookies and all kinds of stuff. You can walk there from Spicy Moon and vice versa. That's where it is. It's around there. Um, you have to get the spicy wontons. That's all you really have to get. I've never had anything else from there that has haunted me or made me be like, wow, this is the most incredible thing. It's all fine. But the spicy Szechuan wontons are so fucking outrageous. They make my mouth tingle. They make my body vibrate. That's how good I thought they were. And I've had them several times. I tried to get them twice on this trip. The second time got nixed because I had to go somewhere and it was taking too long. But they're just a real standout and I really recommend them. The other thing I got, which was beautiful and perfect, and if I lived there, I would eat it all the time, was the classic mac and shoes from Modern Love in Brooklyn. Modern Love, of course, being the restaurant run by friend to the show, Issa Chandra Moskowitz, who wrote Veganomicon and a bunch of other books. Um, mac and shoes is essentially a gluten-free macaroni and cheese with a really great portion of garlicky greens and a nice kind of breaded fried ish or air fried or baked. I don't know what tofu that has a really nice crust on it. Everything's really well cooked. Everything's really well seasoned. It was super delicious and it was the perfect blend of comfort food, but also there were nutrients. So you probably weren't going to get scurvy and die. Wonderful. Loved those things. Okay. I'm going to go take a quick detour to talk to you about decaf. It's not national coming out day. I've missed that but I need to come out to you as somebody who now drinks decaffeinated coffee. Why? Why? You might ask. Nicole, haven't you been a coffee snob ever since you were a teenager and could get fine coffee at Broadway Cafe in Kansas City, Missouri? Yes. Yes, that's true. That's me. That's who I am. Being picky about coffee is part of who I am as a human being. That's actually most of my personality. There's not much else there. But... Since I had COVID-19, the coronavirus, not only did I have to take a lot of measures to get my brain back, but I also have been having what I think are heart palpitations. 
uh, essentially, I'll be taking a nap and then my heart will skip a beat and I will be frightened into being awake. Or my, I'll be doing something really physically strenuous like taking a nap and my heart will start racing for no good reason and then skip a beat. And it really freaks me out. And so until I see my loving doctor, I have decided to cut down on coffee. I have a friend to the show, a very good friend, who had heart palpitations before and just cut down and started replacing some coffee with matcha. So that's what I've been trying to do in the afternoons as I kind of taper down to avoid a young person heart attack. All that is to say, I am now embracing decaf. Not only as a like something, you know, just like bird watching, a taste for decaf comes like at a certain birthday, you're handed a pair of binoculars and you're handed um, some kind of self-help book about your inner child. And then you're also handed a cup of decaf and you like it all. You appreciate it all. You're ready to talk about reparenting your inner child. You're ready to just like fight for your decaf wherever you can. And then you're going to write down whatever birds you see along the way. And that I guess happens maybe around the age of 39. I think this is like Saturn return, but it's like as you're exiting your 30s, these three things happen. And if more things happen, I'll let you know. But those are the three major things that I know um, are developmental moments. So anyway, if you see me somewhere demanding a decaf coffee, don't laugh at me. Don't scoff. I want to tell you something that Amelia Hart a really great person who does my hair sometimes, who's in Portland, Oregon. If you need your hair done, go to Amelia Hart. You can find her on Instagram. Amelia Hart and I were talking. We both were baristas from a young age onward. And she said when she was a barista as a teenager in Eugene, Oregon, in a fancy coffee place, her manager sat them down and said, hey, don't make fun of the decaf people because you know why? Those are the real, those are the real coffee lovers. They don't even get anything out of it. They just like the taste of coffee. And I want to go ahead and extend that to say, not we don't even get anything out of it, and it's embarrassing. And they're still asking for coffee. So you know what? Like Those people have a deep love of coffee, and the more that you're like, barf, you're so stupid, barf, death before decaf, what's the matter with you? The, you know, I don't know what to say. It's just... The time for that is now gone as <laughs> I'm trying not to freak myself out by having my heart stop beating uh, after it's done racing while I'm taking a nap. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of the podcast. We appreciate you. We raise our decaffeinated coffee crystals to you and I hope you have a great week. Dawn Riddle is a multidisciplinary artist from Portland, Oregon. She's a brilliant painter, weaver, photographer, musician, playwright, cafe owner, videographer, residency runner, and unsolicited vegan food review correspondent. Dawn had Morgan, Kaya, Torrance, and I over for dinner, so let me tell you a little bit about Morgan. Morgan is a frequent contributor to Sagittarian Matters and a very good friend to the show. She's the former purveyor of Dovetail Bakery, and she adores dry, crunchy foods more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. Kaya Wilson is a musician and a positive reinforcement dog trainer in Portland, Oregon. 
She's played guitar in the band Team Trash since 1993 and has been working professionally with dogs since 2012. You can find her on Instagram at dogspeedtraining or on the World Wide Web at dogspeed.dog. In this episode, you will also hear Torrance, who is a former roommate to the show, current spouse to the show, a friend to the show, Morgan. You will hear Marissa Patternoster, who is in the band Screaming Females. And you will hear Megan Deneen, who is an unsolicited vegan food reviews returning correspondent and esteemed friend of the show. Now, please enjoy all our guests as we snack on a lot of stuff, gripe about a lot of things, and give you these unsolicited vegan food reviews. One, two, three... Unsolicited vegan food reviews, food reviews, completely and totally unsolicited reviews for you. What are they gonna say? Gonna say we didn't ask for it, but we got them anyway. Hello, everyone. It's with deep sadness that I bring you this unsolicited vegan food review. Um, To start off, I was looking through a cookbook from the library, a cookbook by Anna Jones um, called A Modern Way to Cook. I've used a couple of her recipes before and been very pleased. Now she had a recipe in there for chickpea pasta. You make the pasta using chickpea flour and uh, looked really good in the pictures. Now, I have some chickpea flour, and I think here we go. I invite uh, Nicole and friend of the show Morgan and Morgan's partner Torrance over for dinner. We're going to sit in the backyard and have a nice time. So I get the recipe going. First thing it says to do is boil a kettle of water. Okay. Then it says to make like a flax egg. Sure, sure. Then it says to put the flaxseed egg and the uh, chickpea flour, some olive oil and salt, and cold water into a food processor. As far as I know, that kettle was just to steam up the room and make your skin feel nice. The uh, consistency of the dough, once it's mixed, is gloopy. Certainly not the consistency of pasta dough, which I've made many times. So I add a little more flour and I knead it. And then I do my fucking best to make it into pasta after I rest it for a while. And wow, does it not roll through a pasta maker or a rolling pin. It just turns to a million shards of garbage. I use lots of chickpea flour and rice flour And I finally get it to sort of be in little chunks of noodles. And then I cooked it. Now I'm going to taste it. Yeah, it tastes like stupid garbage. So my review is, Anna Jones, it's not, it's not April Fool's Day. Like, what are you, what are you fucking doing? This is garbage. This is 1990, the very first vegan gluten-free person on Earth's first attempt at a recipe. This is garbage. And you wasted all my chickpea flour. What am I going to do with this? Bury it in the backyard and have a fucking funeral. And now I have to make something different for the dinner party. So you know what? You can go straight to hell. 
Don Riddle, mm-hmm. you have us here tonight to try something very special that you have made in your bad boy kitchen. Certainly not that fucking pasta. No, no. No, um, I, I was like, oh, I really like to have people over for dinner and then serve decaf afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think it is like what makes it feel like I'm doing something formal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I'm like, for whatever reason, just opposed to purchasing alt anything. So I try to make the thing mm-hmm. uh and i made a creamer and when i had looked at what like nuts i had it was just walnuts and cashews so i was like cashew milk creamer okay and i looked up a recipe and it was actually really easy it's just cashews water maple syrup and salt and you put it in the blender and i have like a high power blender if you have a low power kind of older blender the lady on the internet said to soak the cashews for you know several hours first and then drain them and put them in but i have the high powered blender blended it up and you it said on the website and also was my experience that the secret is to just keep blending and like um spatuling spatulaing down the sides because it'll seem like am i making nut yeah, butter yeah. yeah and then you add water to the consistency you desire but you don't have to strain it through a nut milk bag which is like one of the grossest sounding products but i use it all the time yeah um you don't even have to do that you it's just done when it's done and it's really good it was so creamy when i saw it in your tiny creamer carafe very beautiful that i made morgan smell and taste it just in case i got it mixed up with the dairy because it didn't look like i just blended up a bunch of cashews put this in your coffee i know that's a good product it is a smooth, bright product, and it tastes great in this decaf coffee. What if I told you these were decaffeinated <laughs> crystals? <laughs> you son of a bitch. John Luke. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That waiter. Morgan, what do you think? Oh, it's a hit. Yeah, it's a hit. I never drink, drink decaf. I'm making an exception for tonight because it's such a good party. Um... <laughs> Yeah, major hit. Also, you know, it's charming when it's only like four ingredients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It tastes awesome. Would you add this to your regular coffee? Yeah, definitely. Thumbs are all the way up. I want to know if I can make this in my magic bullet. Yeah, just soak the cashews. Wait, I, I need to interject here. I don't believe in soaking cashews. I think it's a load of garbage. I know it's controversial, but I'm saying Excuse it right me? here. Excuse me? Whoa. Yeah, I know. Dawn's literally scratching her head. I stopped soaking a long ass time ago. Wait, other nuts do you soak? I don't really. Almonds? I, you probably got to soak an almond, but a cashew, they're so soft. They're really like a fruit, I think, anyway. Just put boiling water in the blender. Oh, mm. yeah, they did mention boiling water for the soaking. And then. No, don't soak nut from the bag into the blender <laughs> with boiling water? Nut yeah. From the bag, you see? <laughs> <laughs> Grab your nuts up the bag. Yeah. You, you've been, this is, you know, I've read a lot of vegan recipes and I love to call bullshit on the things where I'm like, just try it another way. You've just been doing this because you read it somewhere and you've like, been doing just it for try 25 not years. Putting, uh, try it. Tell me how it goes. Don't soak your nuts. Just use boiling water. Okay. Well, I want to say, you know, I'm short on patience and I like yeah. a, a shortcut. Do it. For soy curls, instead of soaking them for a long time in normal water, I soak them for a short time in boiling water. Definitely. And for cashews, when I have to make a cashew sauce, I will soak it for a very short time in boiling water. Please. 
Like stop, 10 minutes. Stop soaking. Just try the boiling water directly in the blender. And let I'm me know afraid how of when I open my magic bullet, which is the blender I use for these sauces, that the pressure steam is going to make it pop into but my that's face. What I'm saying. It's not soaking, but just like pour some boiling water on the cashews. Leave them for five minutes. Yeah. No. No. Okay. No. No. <laughs> I'm, Morgan is. Oh, so I'm passionate about this because I, I just like, no. Like mixing a flax egg and letting it sit. Why? Oh, it really does thicken up in a different way. You're, it's going to thicken up in the recipe. What? Oh. We've got a baker. Morgan's I, a wild I ass. Birthday. I will say I made up. something that called for both like a flax egg and a chia kind of egg. Mm-hmm. And my experience of just putting them straight in the recipe and letting them dissolve in water was quite different. The, the chia and the versus the flax? No, no. To like keeping it separate and letting it gel mm-hmm. versus just mixing it with all the other stuff. I, I call, I disagree. Okay. Okay. You, okay. I disagree. I think I, I'm also in a baking, like definitely separating dries and wets and then mixing. To me, it's like the same concept. Yeah. Separate dries and wets. You don't separate dries and wets? Oh, no. I definitely separate. Okay. Okay, okay. Come on. Yeah. Come on. No, well, now I'm curious to know, but, um. Yeah, but definitely don't soak your cashews. I, I'm I'm on board with that. But, but watch out for your magic bullet. But also, yeah. because I am quite opposed to putting boiling water in plastic. Yeah, that's what I would. Yeah. that's my reason. It's getting hot in that plastic anyway. But not not that not hot. Boiling. Getting pretty close. Morgan is going really over poking the beast. I you know never knew that well, I, I had the- two enemies: Morgan and Anna Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You woke up this morning with two friends and you went to bed with two enemies. I just was wondering about the nutritive quality of soaking. If there is an increase in your nutrition through a sprouted, the sprouted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's different than us just trying to make it soft. It does taste really good when you sprout a nut and then you dehydrate it. Yeah, that's good. Why does it taste better? But it does. It's good. It's really good. They're more brittle. Yeah, they're so crunchy. Good. They shatter like glass. I know. See, that I stand by. <laughs> and I'm like, Rawr. Wait, Morgan, what do you think about oh, the, yeah. the age-old, like, vegan with a vengeance era yeah. idea of curdling soy milk by adding a little vinegar to it, this letting it sit and thicken? actually the one that I actually call total garbage on. <gasps> Wait, why do what? we want to curdle the soy milk? It thickens it, which helps Nothing. keep bind it's everything together. Why don't you just, like, put a, some uh, cornstarch in there? I don't know. Okay, so listen. The acid is in there to react with, like, the leavener. That's, like, why people use, like, you know, whatever. Tangy. Like a wacky cake? Yeah, or, like, whatever. Like, buttermilk biscuits or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're using buttermilk because it reacts with baking soda. Okay, baking powder is just baking soda. I, what, what? Cream of tartar and cornstarch. Yep. Okay, cream of tartar is not made of dairy. It's just... A, oh, Nicole! Nicole's literally... <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, it it's... Baking powder is just baking soda, cream of tartar, which is like from made from grapes or something, and it's acidic, and then the cornstarch, which keeps it dry. So when you get it wet, it's an acid and the baking soda reacting all Mm -hmm. in one. But if you're using baking soda, you use an acidic liquid to create that same reaction. So when they touch each other, you get the like leavening power. So you don't actually need the thick soy milk. You just need the acid in the recipe to get the... (laughs) (laughs) And another thing is if you're doing it that way, you definitely want to put it in the oven... Because right the, the leavening happens very fast, yeah. like the mm-hmm. volcano for your school oh, project. Yeah. So you want to definitely get the 
don't fuck around. Yeah, it's called a chemical leavener. There's something about double acting, which I forget. Like, it fluffs once and fluffs again with heat. I don't remember. Wow. Wow. He just... uh, Well... So that's why I was like, what does it matter if you leave it? That's not the point. It's the acid that does the thing that's important. What about when you leave cookie dough in the freezer overnight or some other kind of dough or fridge? (laughs) Nicole can't concentrate. The fridge. Yeah, that's different. That's to firm up the oils so Uh, that... And also, the flour absorbs the liquid. Oh, yeah. But you know what flour doesn't absorb? The thing doesn't work with resting? That fucking pasta recipe. Doesn't work. I actually have a real question that I've been wanting to ask Cooks Illustrated for a long time when they're right in column. So I'm Here we are. Mentioning them right now. Hi, I really have a... Hey there, long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah. Um, it's about baking soda. Because sometimes recipes calls for baking soda and baking powder. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm like, they're made of... If you're using baking soda and you have an acid to react with it, why would you also add baking powder, which is baking soda with an acid? Well, Morgan just made an incredible face of, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) To me, it's that taste of the cream of tartar. There's some, I feel like it's just for that, for whatever the cream of tartar does. It's just acid. But it's just given, it's just like they're saying this is the ratios we want. I know, but why? If you're already having a leavener. Well, what's the point of baking soda in the first place? It's to react with your acid? So long. Yeah, this um, is a real question. Wait, okay, wait. I really want to answer that question. Wait, should we just like look it up on the internet? No, I've looked. Really? Yeah. They're like, oh, it's just because, and then there's always this weird, vague, like. I'm going to ask Issa. Yeah, evading I mean, I guess kind of an answer. To me, I love the taste of baking powder. No, baking soda is the one that has a flavor. I love the taste of... Ba- it, to me, baking powder has a real... It's the cream of tartar flavor. Wow. I've used cream of tartar. Well, okay, right. Like in a snickerdoodle? I've used it in meringues. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, okay, sorry. Um, but I fucking love that flavor. I think like it, a quarter teaspoon in like a cookie recipe? I can taste it. Oh, yes, yes. Interesting. All right, well, Kaya's laying on the ground. But I do I do it. feel like sometimes they want to put a lot of the the leavener that is baking soda, but it would be too strong of a taste. And so baking powder is going to add some of that, but with a masking, delicious cream of tartar taste. But that is a made-up reason that I'm, like, yeah. making up. I'm very interested to know more. Well, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this really took a turn. When? When we, I will uh, turn this off while we look on the internet and uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know. The world is waiting for you. And it's a game-mazing world. I'm Karen Thompson. And I'm Nicole J. Georges. And we're the hosts of The Game-Mazing Race, a new limited series podcast about The Amazing Race, your favorite reality competition show from an LGBTQ point of view. We are going to talk to gay amazing guests, including Oswald Mendez, Team Guido, the Married Lesbian Ministers, and more. Plus, we will learn behind-the-scenes gossip, trivia, we'll talk about gay villains, the closet, archetypes, processing challenges that we just can't forget, and more. And beyond that, you'll also have a gay amazing soundtrack scored by the Kaya Wilson. This music has been described as Enya-esque with druidic energy. So listen to us, The Gay Amazing Race, wherever you get your podcasts. The Gay Amazing Race. The Gay Amazing Race. The Gay Amazing Race.
Morgan. Nicole. What do you have for us today? For you, today, we have ordered directly from the internet, Seva Foods Space Ice Cream, freeze-dried bites. This is vegan astronaut ice cream. Crowds have demanded it. The internet listened. I've been waiting my whole life for this. We've got strawberry flavor. Mm. We ate all the vanilla. I'm not going to lie. So it gives you a, it's a spoiler alert. Nicole, what do you think? I like it. But, and mm-hmm. I'm comparing it to Trader Joe's freeze dried mangoes, which taste, that have the texture of astronaut ice cream to me. Oh. And this is a denser. Denser. It says denser, more crummy tasting. Crummy and creamy. And the strawberry itself tastes more natural than what I'm used to. When I think about the astronaut ice cream, classic Neapolitan taste, this tastes like it has an actual strawberry in it. I think there's an actual strawberry in it. It's definitely different than the original, but still, it's like a, oh, party's getting (laughs) happening. I think it's still like a texture flavor combo that makes you, you know, scratch your head in a way that's like pleasurable. Like, mm-hmm. are you in space or not? I'm just so good. I would eat these for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they're a little bit of a natural version of shitty astronaut ice cream, which I think now that we've gotten here, I feel like we can just go all the way. Gone? Mm. This rocks. This really rocks. I give this two thumbs up. Ready? I give it two oh. thumbs up too. You know what gets three thumbs up? Vanilla. Mm. That's all I'll mm. buy. Morgan, where'd you get this from? The internet. The website. <laughs> What's the website? I don't know, whatever their website is. Don't all right, all right. S- foods or S-E-V-A Foods. Be like Victor, S like Sam. Oh, everything's <laughs> organic. That's the problem. Um, you sound so disappointed. That's the problem. Mm. Right? It's flavor. Kai Wilson, we are walking by the beach in Florence, Oregon for the fifth time in our lives together there are so many houses with giant signs that say welcome in all caps on affixed to their house and i gotta tell you something i would never ever want a sign on my house that said welcome you want people to feel that welcome well, maybe go go away yes or stay back <laughs> stand clear <laughs> wave from where you are or don't right yeah because if you don't linger if you invite someone to your home, that's why I want to come over, invited guests, mm-hmm. and they know they're welcome because they've received an invitation. Or you open the door and you say, welcome. Welcome. But you don't need people walking on the street to be like, I'm welcome there. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to open the door. No, not welcome. All right. Well, invited. I'm walking by my favorite A-frame house right now, so I got to go. But I just wanted to say that one of my many reports from the Oregon coast. Hi listeners, Nicole here from the I-5 South. I just wanted to add that the reason it's important for me not to welcome everybody in Florence, Oregon is also because a lot of them are weird Blue Lives Matter people. I don't, like these signs are like those huge craft store letters with like, like baby block font almost that are like six inches to a foot high that say welcome. And I understand that most of this is because these are vacation homes that people have turned into Airbnbs. And so they want the person paying them $100 a night to feel welcome. But I just have never had that impulse to put, to affix that to the outside of my house. I hate, I'm a good neighbor. 
My neighbors need help. I'm there. I see a senior citizen neighbor across the street who's fallen and they can't get up. I'm out there. I'm helping. I'm doing chores. I'm holding a goddamn uh, crowbar to hold up my neighbor's fridge so he can put another piece of cardboard underneath it. I'm changing the sheets on my neighbor's plastic, uh, whatever the plastic, I wet the bed barrier, mattress bed. Like I'm, I'm changing the sheets. I'm doing chores for neighbors. I'll do a lot for my neighbors, but I'm not going to put a damn sign on the outside of my house that says welcome. Uh, that's all. That's all I want to say from the Oregon coast. In other news, in other news from Grouchland, Panyo and I went to the Ashland co-op in Ashland, Oregon, and I hated some of the people there so much. It makes me want to stop recycling. Hi, Sagittarian Matters. This is your host, Nicole J. Georges, coming to you live from the Koalinga Avenal Safety Roadside Rest Area, where I have just enjoyed the rest area. It's, you know, right near the place where all the cows are feeling sad and it smells bad um, off the I-5. But I've done something that I feel is brave and optimistic, which is I spent the last wrinkly $2 bills in my wallet to get an espresso out of a machine. Why did I do this? Because it reminded me of being in Europe, driving through Italy or France or somewhere where there is espresso that comes out of a machine at any hotel or rest area and it tastes delicious there. And so I put my $2 in. I had to put my, I had to go get my own cup out of the car, which was interesting. Putting my cup in the machine, well, the the machine was very dirty so touching the sliding door to open it up was dirty the place the little plastic things to hold your cup in place were filthy and disgusting with splattered milk from the machine but I did it anyway and it came out and it almost looked like there was crema in the first little barf of espresso and then they put a bunch of hot water in it and this the crema's gone it is just a flat black as quote-unquote espresso it seems like actually it's an Americano I'm gonna taste it for you but I want to say I may have just thrown in the towel entirely if it weren't for you podcast because I just am acknowledging how dirty the inside of the machine must be if that's how dirty the outside of the machine is. And the inside of the machine is just them refilling it with water and whatever coffee pods. And um, so I don't know if I'll actually drink this entire thing unless this sip is going to rocket me to a romantic place. Okay, hold on. We're going in black. Oh, it's so weak. It's actually incredibly weak. I thought that the smell was going to be um, strongly a foot because that is how I have tasted airplane coffee before that came from a dirty machine was just the first, the first uh, scent and taste to hit the back of my mouth was, um, you know, dirty sock. But this actually just tastes very weak and it happens to be brown. Now it smells like somebody told this water about coffee and then heated it up in a dirty carafe. I'm going to take one more sip. And there's a fly buzzing around me because we are in Colingo. Someone's got to tell these flies there's actually like a bunch of cow shit that they're going to enjoy a lot more than my glasses. Okay, I'm pouring out the rest of the coffee. I just poured it out. It was the color of tea. And um, that's it. So I have to unfortunately, sadly, give a thumbs down to the espresso machine and coffee machine with the option to include whitener.
at the Koalinga Avenal Safety Roadside Rest Area. But I do want to tell you, if you stop here, it doesn't smell very bad. It doesn't smell to me. And you can hear a lot of birds. Today I heard starlings and I think house sparrows. And there's a ton of cute birds around. Okay, over and out. Hi, listeners. After we all tried vegan astronaut ice cream at Don Riddle's dinner party, she sent me this bonus content from Megan Deneen, Marissa Paternoster, and an unidentified guest. Unsolicited vegan food review number 69. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. I'm going to eat space ice cream. Cream is spelled with a K. Freeze-dried bites by Siva or Seva Foods. I don't know. It's a creamy, crunchy, healthy snack. I guess astronaut, vegan astronauts eat it. Um, we actually already ate it, and I hated it. And I'm going to hate it again. <laughs> I hate this stuff. (laughs) You don't feel it has the satisfying, rich flavor of vanilla ice cream with the convenience of a snack? Minimally processed and freeze-dried? There's no way it's minimally processed. I like it, because I feel like if I was in outer space wearing my (laughs) blue jeans, I would have this in my pocket, and then I would enjoy it. It's made from chickpeas and cashews and a coconut. I'd rather have any of those things separately than this. It does taste like a dusty chickpea that's vanilla. Yeah. But I like it. It's kind of like a Necco wafer with oh, yeah. flavor. A soft Necco wafer. Yeah. It's a chewy yeah. Necco wafer. Like, be... like an old Necco wafer <laughs> that got kind of stale. Aguafapa. Like... I'm not vegan and I'm not an astronaut. But you're out of this world. <laughs> Thanks, I think man. it's good. <laughs> I like it. Some people just weren't meant for space. Yeah, I'm. that's me. <laughs> Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.